Joining us right now to discuss last night's debate with us, that is Ryan Schmelz with Fox News Radio. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Jordan, it's great to be on. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. That debate, there were some fireworks in it, and I think it's safe to say (laughs) there are names that people were a little unsure of going into the debate, right? Not many people were familiar with Vivek Ramashami. Then you've got uh, Asia Hutchinson, Doug Burgum. Did anyone gain any ground from what you're seeing or hearing within the Republican realm? Well, from what it looks like, Vivek Ramaswamy has definitely upped his name recognition. He's been trending on social media. His name has been invoked a lot. There's been a ton of coverage about him since then. And obviously, he got kind of got the front-runner treatment yesterday where he had a number of exchanges, whether it was with Nikki Haley, whether it was with Mike Pence, or whether it was with uh, one of the other candidates on the stage, like Chris Christie, you know, that that was kind of the treatment we expected Governor DeSantis to really get, but a lot of it was really focused on Ramaswamy. So he certainly is somebody who's being talked about quite substantially after this. Uh, then, of course, you know, a lot of the pundits and a lot of the different columnists out there have said that they believe Nikki Haley was probably one of the winners from last night. Mm. Well, why is that? What would make her one of the winners. Is it because she was so confident in a lot of her answers, or, or what exactly is that? Right, that, that certainly is one of it. They feel like she definitely made some pretty strong policy stances and had some good moments where she was able to, to really articulate her position. You know, when she comes out and the first question she gets is where she points the finger at other Republicans and says, hey, look, Republicans are just as responsible for the excessive spending we see in Washington and for the increase in the national debt, pointing out that Donald Trump added $8 trillion to the national mm-hmm. debt while he was president. So certainly taking that, that fairly strong stance against Trump and trying to differentiate herself from him on a policy standpoint and kind of paint that picture of how she would be different if she was commander-in-chief, I think, is one of the things that stands out. And I think that uh, interaction she had with Ramaswamy talking about uh, foreign policy uh, certainly boded well. I, you know, it depends on who you ask who really got the win in that exchange, but it definitely didn't seem to hurt Nikki Haley. Yeah, you bring up the point about talking about the debt and and the money, and she was very adamant, and she said, "Uh, let's quit sitting here and blaming Democrats for the debt when we're the ones that uh, voted against things. We were asking for $6 billion more than they are. Uh, We have a lot to do with it. And to my surprise, she didn't get booed out of the building when she made that statement. No, and I don't think she – and she is – this isn't the first time she's made a statement like that. She actually made a similar statement when she gave her uh, response to the State of the Union address uh, back during Ob- President Obama's last year in office where she came out and said, that, hey, look, Republicans are to blame for a lot of the issues in the country too, and I think we need to acknowledge that. So, yeah, and, and I mean, hey, look, you know, President Trump uh, rode into the Republican – nomination by being very critical of his party. So I don't think criticizing the party as a whole is exactly, you know, a losing issue that people might think it might be. All right. Who do people think may have been the loser from last night's debate? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to use the word loser here because it didn't seem like he had any, you know, embarrassing moments. But when you take somebody like Asa Hutchinson, uh-huh. who it was was on there and we knew he wasn't going to get as much screen time as he probably would like to. But, he, you know, he would have an opportunity to make a name for himself. And he did something that probably would have 
otherwise gotten a lot of attention where he was clearly the one who did not have his hand up when asked if he'd support President Trump if he got the nomination and even said that he could be disqualified under the 14th Amendment. And you would have thought that taking such a strong stance like that would have, you know, gotten him a lot more news coverage or a lot of attention. It just really hasn't. So I think that may have been a very disappointing moment for him and that might really hurt him, you know, moving forward. Yeah, him and Burgum, they didn't get too uh, too much screen time there last night. Now, you're talking about that hand-raising moment, and that stood out to me because I couldn't believe that there were seven hands raised. I mean, honestly, it caught me off guard. Uh, and Vivek Ramaswamy, he was the first one to throw his hand up there, and everyone else did as well when asked if they would uh, still support uh, the former president if he were to be convicted. Uh, the former governor, Chris Christie, can you explain that a little bit to me? Because it's like he was the last person to raise his hand, but then he also did one of those like, meh, meh, like hand gestures, meaning uh, yeah. maybe, maybe not. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he actually explained what happened, but, but just based off what it looked like, you know, he had been raising his hand quite a lot for other questions, you know, in previous uh, segments. And what it looked like is that he gave, you know, everyone a chance to raise their hand, and then he was trying to put his hand up to maybe mm. get get somebody to call on him. But then I think he realized what it looked like, and then he tried to, like, move his hand around and then do, like, the little posturing with it, saying, like, that's a, this is a no-no hand, not a, uh, not a I'm answering the question yes hand. So that's at least what it looked like to me. But uh, I think we need to wait for his campaign to explain that a little bit better. Yeah, I would definitely like a lot of uh, explanation on that because he's been very, very critical, very critical of Donald Trump, especially these last few weeks. Ron DeSantis was a big name going into it, Ryan. And I want to ask you, did he... Did, did he do what people expected him to do uh, on the Republican side, or were people kind of um, you know, disappointed that he didn't come out swinging super heavy? Right. This is kind of one of those uh, performances where this one really does depend on, on who you ask. And I think Ramaswamy's comment is kind of in the same boat here, where you do have some people feel that he made an impact and that he you know, delivered strong answers and gave you know, uh, str- specific examples of his record and what he's going to do if he's president. But also you have some people who think that maybe he didn't have the emotion, emotional appeal that they wanted him to show. And certainly he didn't really have a lot of moments where he was combative with anyone. And, and he kind of, in many ways, seems like he treaded water a little bit. So I think some people might consider this, or opponents would consider this a performance where you know, he didn't do anything to hurt himself, but he didn't do anything to really, you know, give himself a big push and, and make him make him kind of the news of the day uh, the next day. And that might have been really what he needed to kind of turn this race around. So while it wasn't a damaging performance, you know, he probably needed really a spectacular one. One of the most cringeworthy moments of the night for me, and I was talking uh, with a colleague before the show about it, is when he he said that, he would, if he was elected, he would take Anthony Fauci, sit him down, and say, "Anthony, you're fired." Um, and I, ju- I, I couldn't have any more secondhand em- embarrassment from when I heard that. Uh, do people, do people see in, in some things that DeSantis does that he's trying to just be exactly like Trump with some of the mannerisms? 
Uh, well, I, I have seen that before, and I've seen, you know, videos where they kind of compare the hand motions and all that. And, and, you know, he does try to speak a little more simply for people and try not to have, you know, this major vocabulary and tries to really simplify it so that you can bring more people in to the political process. And that's something that I think Donald Trump found a lot of success with. Now, on the other hand, you know, when, when, he, when he's doing a lot of this, uh, he is trying to, to, to prove the point. And he's made this statement on the campaign trail that, hey, look, a lot of the COVID lockdown policies that ended up not being popular, especially for a lot of Republican voters, you know, former President Trump gave a lot of power to Anthony Fauci and a lot of the, the government, you know, health agencies like the CDC uh, when it came to decision making during COVID. So I think he's trying to differentiate himself from Trump in that regard and say that, you know, none of that would have happened under my watch. And certainly he's made that argument. But is it going to be effective? I'm not quite sure. All right. Well, I, I appreciate your your input on that. Uh, let's talk about the senator Tim Scott for a little bit. We haven't uh, mentioned him uh, too much. Well, what are some of the takeaways from what he had to say and in the way he handled himself in last night's debate? Right. And what you hear from a lot of Republican pundits and a lot a lot of Republican voters, they feel that Tim Scott is very likable and that he's been one of the few who's always been able to kind of. Uh, tote that line of being popular with the anti-establishment, but also being very popular with the establishment as well. You know, you have John Thune, who decided to endorse him the day that he declared uh, his candidacy for president. But he still has not really registered with voters in terms of getting some significant polling numbers. And yesterday, you know, I think a lot of people noticed that he didn't really have any huge moments that made a lot of news. Uh, Some say that he may have come off as a little nervous at the beginning, but he did still come off as likable throughout the debate, but at the same time, just not really generating a lot of news today, which might be, you know, a little bit of an issue for him moving forward, especially when you have a lot of people talking about the other South Carolina candidate the next day. One thing that surprised me was with uh, uh, Ramashan. I am, I'm struggling with the last name. I thought it was Ramashami this whole time. Can you pronounce it for me so I have a correct pronunciation? <laughs> Vivek Ramaswamy. All right, so R- R- Ramaswamy. So with with him, he really hyped up and patted Donald Trump on the back a lot by making comments such as, uh, you know, he's the best president of the 21st century, blah, blah, blah. He And, and those are kind of weird things to say about an opponent that you are facing going up against. And the only thing that I can believe justifies him making those comments is he is a hopeful for the VP ticket if Donald Trump were to win the nominee. Is that right? Well, you did have, well, we should probably point out that you did have pundits, I believe, last night. I think Matt Gates uh, walked in and said that Ron DeSantis was the loser of the debate, and Vivek Ramaswamy was definitely one of the winners and kind of was appreciative, at, you know, talking about Gates being a, tr- a very strong Trump loyalist in Congress. He was definitely appreciative of Ramaswamy defending Trump and defending his record pretty aggressively last night. And I think, you know, it was going to be hard if you were going to go in and have answers like that to not have the VP rumors swirling around you after the night was over. And certainly you're kind of seeing those rumblings as it's going on. But, you know, to be clear, he has made it very clear he's not running to be vice president. He's running to be president. And really, I think he's told Neil Cavuto on our network that he's not really interested and having any type of job within the government that's not the, the presidency. But, 
you know, that can all change if, in fact, that offer is made to you. Yeah, I, I don't see him being booted from uh, from the presidency, um, the, the the presidency race, and saying, no, you know, I don't want to be vice president. I, I'm sure things might change, but that's the vibe that I got last night when uh, listening to some of his answers. Ryan, we got to go. We I could talk to you for the next half hour, but <laughs> uh, but we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, helping us recap the debate from last night, sir. Absolutely. This is a lot of fun, Jordan. Let's do it again soon. All right, Ryan. Ryan Schmelz, Fox News Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you.